it's time for Larry No Smalls. My guest tonight, representing the Big Ten West, the Big Ten West champion, Iowa Hawkeyes, maybe Big Ten champion, Gian the Big East, who I have no idea who's their football champion, but in basketball, it's likely Villanova. Larry the the Tuesday, November 30th, 1.01 p.m. Eastern Time, 2021, one month to go till the greatest year of all time, I'm told. <laughs> John, how, how, how was your Thanksgiving? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. Um... Yeah, just hung out locally. Like my wife's family's in Flushing. And so we went there and um yeah, it was nice. It was a nice break, actually. I didn't um yeah, I didn't do a whole lot of work for four days, which is great. Pretty nice. Very yeah. nice. Yeah. How about you, Larry? It was it was good. Um medium sized, yeah, small event. It went to my mom's food was all right. Um company was uh, was good. She, my mom is like one of the most clueless people ever. So, you know, Thanksgiving known for a holiday of like political arguments, even though at our Thanksgiving table, besides my sister, everybody's pretty much on the same uh, political spectrum being left of center to my brother-in-law, who's left-wing conspiracy theorist. Um, anyway, so... You know, it's not it's not something people want to talk about uh, Thanksgiving. And then as soon as we start eating, my mom says, so what does everybody think about Kyle Rittenhouse? Oh, geez, Louise. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't even think she knows that it's like a trope political arguments on Thanksgiving. But everybody was like, no, no, it's not talking about it. Let's not talk about it. But then it came out and then it was <laughs> talked about anyway. But it is pretty wow. funny. To, it's um, annoying in the moment sometimes, but very funny to think that that's how you someone would start a Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. Like that is like, I mean, if I hadn't met your mom, um, I would maybe have a hard time believing that she would that actually say that. Like, <laughs> yeah, that she would actually say that like unironically. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, that's uh, that's that's pretty awesome. Yep. Pretty awesome. All right, so over the weekend, um, some news with the Denver Nuggets. Uh, the good news is they're, Jokic is having a, another fantastic MVP caliber season. They just beat the Miami Heat, one of the best teams in the East last night. Fortunately, Michael Porter Jr. has been sidelined for some time, and it's just been announced that he's going to have a third back surgery. This was 
one of the notes on him when he was coming into the draft, he was very highly recruited and, and very talented, as we've seen. Um, but he had mm-hmm. a back surgery in college. I'm sure teams knew mm-hmm. he was going to have his second back surgery right after he got drafted, which is why he fell all the way to 15 to the Nuggets. So now, oh, and on top of all that, the Nuggets gave him a max five-year contract extension this past summer. <laughs> um, for, yeah. yeah, five years, max money, whatever that is. I, th- From what I understand, very little in terms of injury concessions and injury insurance on that. So... But isn't there like still insurance? Insurance? There's maybe like real insurance, but not yeah. in terms. I think of that's like- what I, I I didn't even know that was a thing until like John Wall. Like I learned about it when John Wall was like missing year after year. Like the Wizards were just collecting checks. Yeah, right. So there was, I guess, their insurance with like some actual insurance company or something. Yeah. And I think so. So what happens is the salary cap, the salary cap, there's no insurance for that. Right. Right. But the owner um, gets made whole or at least mostly whole through like other means. Right. And if, and there's also, well, does the league offer any insurance or no? Maybe. I don't, I don't know. Actually, yeah. I don't actually know the, the ins and outs of it. Yeah. Um, but, but if you're a player and people are talking about this, you know, that's that's like bad. That's a bad sign when people yeah. are like, okay, what? How does insurance work? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we're trying to just like think about how to price the insurance and stuff. I, I I know the league does offer, like you could get an additional roster spot and extra cat like like two million dollars of cap room for a replacement okay. player, but nothing really in terms of their cap. So Denver, obviously, with Jokic, their team that would like to compete for a championship and is good enough to compete for a championship, especially when Jamal Murray is there, especially, especially when MPJ was there, but he's not there. This 30 million is going to really tie them up and hinder their ability to do so. Do you think there's hope for this contract or or this player? I, I think there, I think there is. I mean, he's like medical science just keeps getting better. Right. Um, I mean, back surgeries used to, I don't know, I think of like Larry Johnson as an example, someone who was like elite, 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 like he was great. And then, you know, had back issues and then he came back and he was good. He just wasn't as good. Right. Like Larry Johnson, like Nick's Larry Johnson was not Charlotte Hornets, Larry Johnson. And and so, you know, and that was 20 years ago, 20 plus years ago. So what I'm hoping is that it's better now, mm-hmm. like they're able to do more with this back. And then also like the guy is just an incredible shooter. Yeah. Like he is, you know, he's gotten better on defense. He's, he's all right in that, but man, the guy can freaking shoot. And I see that as being something he'll still be able to do. Like he's not like a high flyer or anything. Like, I mean, he can move. He has, he has athletic ability. Like he's scathly, but I don't know. I'm, I'm hopeful if he does kind of take that path to like a, a less athletic version of himself, 
I'm hoping he's still awesome because he can really freaking shoot. Yeah, like, a 6'10 guy with that level of touch, you know, very reminiscent of Durant. Uh, oh, he looks not. like Durant when he's when he's on. I yeah. mean, he absolutely does. And so, I don't know. I, I'm I'm optimistic. And the the Nuggets, like, there's a reason he fell to 15, right? Yeah. So they can't complain. And also, they had to give him a max because that's what you do. Yeah. Right. That's what you do because agents run the league. Like everyone knows that. It's like, uh, it's um, I don't know. I hear like the sports guy you know, Simmons talking about, it. it's like, Oh, why'd they do that now? Why did I know? It's like, shut up. You know how this works. Yeah. Like you don't, you don't give someone an extension when you can, then they're upset. And then like wheels start turning. And then all of a sudden they're like, maybe I don't want to be in a small market and maybe I don't want to do this. Right. Right. And then they start forcing a trade. I mean, that that's, that's the issue. And to stay on good terms with the agent. Yeah. Because yeah, but I don't know. Maybe this will scare some teams and maybe they'll start not extending players. I mean, Cleveland's kind of lucked out with not extending Colin Sexton. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder about like, you know, someone like Zion with kind of in a way almost worse medical than Michael Porter Jr. Because <laughs> at least Michael Porter Jr. is in shape. And I don't even know what you do with Zion at this no. point because there's no medical science that can you know, help him if he's going to be way overweight. Right. Right. Like, well, they're stomach stapling. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> but you can eat your way through that. <laughs> That's uh, yeah. Chris Christie. It didn't seem to work well for him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it sucks for Denver, but on the same, uh, you know, on the same token, like Jokic was a second round pick. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, Murray was what low lottery, like tenth somewhere in there. Like, um, no, he was five, I think. The, was he five? Okay, I think so. So, um, but to have like a top three built out of those three picks, like, I mean, you gotta feel pretty good about yourself. And then, and then you know, it's maybe it's just time to unleash Bull Bull. That's uh, <laughs> that's my that's my hot take. Just more more Bull Bull. Yeah. More bull bull and just um yeah, I guess this is the backup center. I don't even know who is their backup center. Is it Jeff Green? Do you, I, who knows? I don't I don't know either. I just it just it just sucks though. Like Michael Porter Jr. is awesome and it, it sucks to see this happen to anybody, even a like, you know, some some guy on a 10 day. But like this is yeah, this really sucks. Yeah. Um yeah, as I was first thinking about it, I'm like, oh this this is terrible obviously for him and then for the nuggets and this tra- this contract's now untradeable uh which it might still be but uh, I, I guess yeah he, he might maybe he'll come back and be okay I'm, I'm i'm leaning a little bit more towards that now at first i was like starting to think just go through the machinations in my mind of like would they dump this salary like just as like a, a trade that can't actually happen, but funny to think about, sort of, is would would the Knicks trade Kevin Knox for Michael Porter Jr., who they took <laughs> over him in the draft? Knox, obviously, he's on the final year of a $5.5 million deal, basically doesn't play, um, and is just, is it would be for, Denver would do it to get out of the contract. Right. 
I mean, I think that's a it's it's a valid it's a valid question. Like, would Houston do it right. to get out of um, John Wall? I mean, it's a lot more years. <laughs> so, at least John Wall, there's an end date. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I honestly don't know if Houston would do it at this point. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting question. Well, speaking of John Wall, I think the latest news is that he and Tillman and maybe his agent and the coach and whoever else are talking about what his role will be going forward and maybe talking about trade opportunities. Um, yeah, what do you think about him not playing this whole season? I mean, people are like, people are like so cynical about this whole thing. Like, um, I mean, there's a lot of Houston hate out there. I get it. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but people are like, ah, oh, the Rockets are tanking. They're, they're tanking. It's like, well, the Rockets are going to be bad. Even if John Wall plays, there's yeah. no advantage to being the worst team in the league. You're still like, like the bottom four all get the same odds. Right. Even if John Wall plays, they get a good shot at that bottom four. Mm -hmm. um, what the Rockets are doing is they're taking advantage, taking advantage of this time to get more, get some run for these young guys. And like, I don't, I mean, there could be a cynical side of it. I think what Oklahoma City's doing is just blatantly tanking, but uh, but they still win more than the Rockets yeah. do, although the Rockets beat them last night. Um, I don't think John Wall makes sense coming off the bench. Um, I think it would make sense for Houston. I don't think it makes sense for John Wall. I don't think, I, I got the impression that he didn't want to do that. And, and so they're like, okay, well, we're not going to start you. We're not right. going to give you 36 minutes or whatever um, because we got to see these guys, these young guys can play like other Porter Jr. Um, and <laughs> and so and I think that's the I think that's the right call because um, that's what the you know, like what the Sonics did way back in the day with um, or Th Sonics Thunder did with Russell Westbrook and all for, let Russell Westbrook be the worst point guard in the league for a year. Well, he figured stuff out and then got better. I, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think he makes sense. Now, granted a week ago, I was like, Oh Jesus, just put him in. So we don't lose 80 in a row. Um, but you know, now they've won three in a row and I'm like, all right. Yeah. I think, I think the, the young guys are, are coming together. Um, yeah. The, the most important thing for them is obviously the development of, of uh, Jalen Green, um, hmm. followed by seeing what they have in other Porter Jr. Uh, and then maybe like Christian Wood or some other people. But um, yeah, I was I was with you that like I think people who yell and scream about tanking, you know, sometimes I think even what OKC is doing, what they did last year with keeping Shea on the injured list that was tanking and that should be yes that should be derided what they did in trading paul george and russell westbrook and eventually chris paul stephen adams and all that yeah it is making your team worse in the short term but they're doing it for the sake of getting assets and knowing then making their team better in the future like in a way i don't think of that as tanking that's just making good trades 
And th- yeah, that, I think there's, the there's a difference sense. between rebuilding and tanking. Yeah, I, exactly. I'm with you. Yeah. Like, um, and the, the other thing that drives me nuts about the Rockets hate and sorry to like in this, but the Rockets competed for so long at yeah. such a high level without ever like bottoming out. And, and so it's like, give them a break, like, yeah. <laughs> let them, let them lose for a couple of years and get some, get some assets. Um, yeah. If they, if they thought John, if John Wall is taking playing time, if, if he would be taking playing time away from Kevin Porter Jr. Green or someone, then I understand not playing him. If, if they're not playing him because they, I I don't think they're doing this anyway, but if they're not playing him because they think it makes them too good, then that's dumb on their part because it's not going to make them too good. They're going to still be one of the worst (laughs) teams in the NBA with John Wall. So, yeah, so it depends on that. If they if they think he could help the development of these other players by being around a point guard who kind of knows what he's doing more, then then they should mm-hmm. play him. And I think that might be what they're talking about now. Yeah. Um, I don't think they're going to put Porter Jr. on the bench no. um, to get John Wall around. But if John if if you know sitting out and just seeing how no one wants his contract and stuff has like given wall like um a carmelo type awakening right like if he if he's like jesus everyone thinks i'm garbage now i'm not garbage i'm i'm good i want to like prove it however i can and if he's willing then to come off the bench and contribute in that way and also be you know a leader in the locker room and help groom these young guys i'm all for that yeah um absolutely and that's not exactly 40 million dollars well spent but it's for, it's better spent than you know what they're getting for it now, right? So plus they got a they got a pick from Washington, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, do you have a preference? Do you have any early thoughts about who you'd want in the draft? Should the Rockets get the number one pick? I have to see um, the. Um, yeah, I haven't watched the Duke guy mm-hmm. at all. And then I hear all this stuff about um, just the highlights for that that Gonzaga um, dude. Like, it seems like they're the they're yeah. the top two right now. Um, yeah, I don't have I don't have a preference um, between those two. And I guess it's really going to depend how uh, things play out for the Rockets this year because I I just. Like, I don't know. Wood's only under contract through next season. Yeah. And so I don't know, like, what his long-term plans are, what the team's long-term plans are, because he's a little offset from, in age-wise, from the rest of the, the crew. Uh, so I don't know if they'll try and, like, trade him this year to get more assets, because he's – the guy's good. I, may, I mean, maybe he just looks good because everyone else is bad on the team, but, I mean, he's putting up, like, big numbers yeah. and lot, getting lots of rebounds um so so yeah because i think that would affect but he's also you know maybe he can't play with shangun that maybe the two of them can't play at the same time um so they got to see where they want to go from that perspective too um i think positionally they're not they're not we're not i'm not ready to say what they need to take the the next step yeah um so i think they're in a spot where you just go best player available Probably, yeah. 
Um, but uh, Chet Holmgren, if you were worried about Mobley's durability, this guy is even t- taller and lanky. I know. <laughs> I, I know. I, I mean, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I love it. I just, it's one of those things I'm like, all right. You're already defi- defying like all scientific laws that I'm aware of. So maybe this is just, maybe this is going to work. I don't know. Yeah. And plus with these, and then the new trend is now these guys like Mobley, like supposedly Chet Holmgren, it's they have, and Paulo Banchero is that they all have guard skills and could just like handle the ball. So it's like in five years from now are all the title contenders just going to have a point center leading, <laughs> leading the way. Yeah. And it could be, and Mobley and Mobley's been great. Yeah. Mobley's been great. And I was like, I was more green than Mobley just cause green had, I thought green had done more on um, a tougher stage, mm-hmm. but honestly it looked like Mobley was just a man among boys in college. And that just, that doesn't always translate and it has like, he's, he's really good. He's really good. I don't know. I wouldn't, I'm not ready to say the rockets or the pistons like missed. Yeah. It's too early to say that. Yeah. Um, I like some of the stuff I've seen from green. He's, you know, obviously he's gotten hurt a couple of times, but he's, he's got, he, he, he shows flashes. And I think that's all you really want to, you know, all you have to see out of a high pick that first year. So we'll see. And I'm uh, I'm still a Cade guy. Not that like that's a hot take or anything, but I, I think I think Cade's going to be a special player, and that was I and, think he will be, and was yeah. the right number one pick. Okay, so talking about big guys who could play guard with guard skills um, to a lesser extent, that defines Julius Randle, who because of his need for the ball. The Knicks have moved Kemba Walker out of the start out of the rotation completely. Um, it started in the last game against the Hawks, where Alec Burks started at point guard. Alec Burks is kind of a tweener guard, more of a shooting guard, but can handle a little bit. So his lack of handling allows uh, his his lack of usage allows more usage to go to Julius Randle, where he feels more comfortable. And the hope is that this unlocks him. So. Uh, first thought: Do you think? Do you think it's going to make the Knicks better this year to not have Kemba playing with either the starting unit or any unit at all? I, I'm not sure. Like this, a move like this smells a little of desperation. Okay. Right when you when you take out like. Kemba is Kemba is who we thought he was, right? Yeah. Like he's not a great, he's never been a great defender. He's his knees have been going. Brad Stevens, like the first chance he got when he moved to the GM chair, he sent him packing, right? Like, um, you know, it's it's one of those things. And everyone's always talked about Kemba being a great locker room guy and stuff like that. And if, um, I guess, I guess we'll see if he's still a great locker room guy when he's, you know, not in the rotation, if he is, then this could be fine. Right. Like, um, you know, allows Randall to have the ball more and hopefully play better. And then the team as a whole will get better. Cause, um, yeah, 
I, I just don't know. Like it, it, it sucks that it's come to this. Yeah. Quite honestly. Like I, I actually think Kemba's defense has been terrible. Offensively, I thought he's played okay. Um, and I don't think this is, I mean, it is, I, I know what you're saying about it being a move of desperation. I don't think it's, so desperate because I don't know if the Knicks were counting on Kemba that much. They were hoping it was going to make him better, but they're not like, right. It's not a huge contract. So it was, it was a small risk, decent reward move to sign Kemba. And right. And they just were like, okay, we'll give it a quarter of a season. That's what they did. And it didn't work out. The thing that worries me, well, there's a long-term worry and a short-term worry. The short-term is, this seems more of an issue. It didn't work is being is is indicative of being an issue with either coaching or or Julius Randle himself. Uh, I do think this move will make Julius Randle better this year and will make the team better this year in the in the short term. The bigger concern is though, is this show that Tibbs has trouble with an offense that has multiple playmakers. And the the bigger concern is, I wonder, is it possible to build a championship team with Julius Randle? Or where he's maybe the second best player on the team? I think he's talented enough to be a second best player on a championship team, but if he needs the ball... To be to be his best self, mm-hmm. which this is showing that that's what is the problem is that that's what needs to happen, and he's he's pretty good for a power forward at, at ball handling and and passing, and the like, but he's not elite at it. He's not he's no Jokic. He's no Evan Mobley, <laughs> and he's no Chet Holmgren. Right. No Chet. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah but yeah he's not elite so the thing and the thing that every elite team has except maybe the the bucks to some extent is that their best player is the guy who has the ball in his hands the most and what you always think that is what the knicks need like any dream scenario you're talking about the knicks trading for dame lillard or it's it's we got to get that Mm. primary point guard and if that player can't play with Julius Randle, then it's like, what, what is the plan? How do you surround, how do you make a championship team with Julius Randle? Yeah. And I don't think there's an easy answer to that question. Cause it's also, how do you make a championship team with Julius Randle and Tom Thibodeau? Right. Right. Um, and I mean, it's possible. It's possible. You can't. Yeah. Um, I, and I don't like, given how long the Knicks were in the wilderness, um, like I would love to see the Knicks win a title in the next couple of years on this, during this Randall contract um, that hopefully doesn't become an albatross. Yeah. <laughs> um, Cause it's a pretty reasonable contract. It like, is a very, yeah. You know? Yeah. And, but, but if what you're talking about, like if this comes to pass where you can't, you can't um, fit really elite talent that needs the ball around him, then there probably is like the ceiling is probably second round of the playoffs yeah, or something like that. I, I know that's, but, but if the Knicks were able to do that consistently for a few years and then maybe the next step involves 
RJ and Obi and the and younger guys. Shy Gilgis Alexander uh, or something. Yeah. 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 Who, who knows? Who knows? But like, um, I think you're, I think you're, I think you're, you've got a valid concern there. Um, Cause this is uh yeah, it's, this, this is tough. This is really tough. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the thing. So, and what you were saying is, is very true that it's not, it's not terrible to just like be a middling team or a team that even gets to the second round of the playoffs a few years in a row while developing other talent. Hopefully you have that other talent mm. and hopefully RJ could be that other guy. Um, and it's like, this is the interim until the next move. Right. And right. And then, and you're reestablishing like the Knicks as a free agent destination then. Yes. Yes. Right. Um, not that free agents really jump around. I mean, the, it seems like the big ticket guys are all staying put until they're all extending trade. before they become free agents. I love Michael. Paul yeah. So, so I don't know exactly how the free agent market is going to look in the next um, few years, but you know, like it would be, it would be nice for, um, for New York to be a destination like that. Um, again, just in case these guys come up, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what's great is, um, the second unit has looked very good for the Knicks this whole year. Alec Burks has played very well. Obi Toppin has made a leap. It looks really good. It's same with quickly. So there, there's good stuff going on there. And, if this is what it takes to get Randall going, then I think it's it's okay move. It's it's not sacrificing yeah. like a point guard of the future or anything like that. Exactly, exactly. And you were right. And like your thing, it was a low. It was, you know, a low risk, potentially high reward <laughs> yeah. play. Yeah, um, yeah. And Kemba's a pro, so I'm sure he'll say all the right things. I don't know if he'll be very engaged in the locker room and be happy to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I had another thing I wanted to say about Julius Randle, but I don't remember it. Uh, he's no Chet Holmgren. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the one. Okay. Uh, another team playing pretty well is the Minnesota Timberwolves. They've won, I think, three in a row, seven and three in their last 10. They beat maybe two in a row. They beat Philly. They beat. Um, I think some mediocre team last night, but anyway, they're they're winning, they're playing well. Carl uh, Anthony Towns looks great. D'Angelo Russell is actually playing really well. The team has some nice chemistry. Maybe there's light there. I wouldn't say at the end of the tunnel, but it's like things are looking okay for such a dismal place. It's crazy. It's crazy because um, yeah, I mean, I've I've ragged on the Timberwolves repeatedly. Um, and I mean, justifiably, I think, yeah, I don't know, yeah. but yeah, they, they seem to finally be winning despite themselves. Um, and there's some real talent there for sure. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's just weird. Cause I don't know. The Carl Anthony Towns thing is always just, it's just weird to me. Like he's, he's such a good shooter, but I'm like, that's, I, I'm the. I, that's not what I want my center doing. <laughs> like yeah. I want him inside and he rebounds. Like the ability to stretch the floor is great, but the um, I don't know the unwillingness sometimes to like get down and dirty. I think he's shown it a little more this year. Willing to um, 
working inside, but like, um, yeah, he's, he's a, he's a rare, like rare talent. He's, he's really yeah. good. Yeah. He really is. Um, and it's just always with the Timberwolves. It's like, it's a ticking time bomb of how, mm-hmm. when, what happens at the end of this town's contract, which I probably has like two more years or something, but it's, it's, I, I watched the overtime of this, the double overtime game between Minnesota and Philly where they beat Philly. Um, Towns fouled out at the end of regulation or maybe early in the first overtime, but he was showed some very good body language and uh, some good team spirit as he's watching the other guys play and, and they're all get, they all seem to enjoy playing. They all, Pointed to their veins as D'Lo hit a few big threes, so it was like, "Oh, okay, things look good in Minnesota." Yeah, I mean, good for them. Yeah, good for them. Quite honestly, good for like, them. I, I don't, I don't see them winning a title in the next few decades. But I mean, good for them <laughs> if they get back to the playoffs. And uh, yeah, yeah, which they might do this year, unlike uh, Sacramento Kings, who continue to be a shit show. Firing Luke yeah. Walton and just not playing well. We've had, um, you know, Marcus on the show a lot. Even when like Fox has looked really good, he's been saying they need to do a full scale, uh, blow it up and rebuild. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe maybe it's time. Yeah, I, I think the issue is um, if you want to like rebuild your house you know before you knock it down you should make sure that the contractor knows how to build one right right the, <laughs> like i i don't know that you can um do a rebuild if you don't have like a real competent front office and if you don't have um real uh like player development yeah. Um, on the coaching staff. And I think, I think Walton was, um, I just, I don't think he was very strong with player development. Um, I don't know how he was schematically. I mean, the guy, like, I don't know, he, he bombed out with the um, Lakers, yeah. right? He, he coached the Lakers for a while. I mean, he was great on the Warriors when As, like, yeah. it was already basically up and going and he just, it was already in cruise control. He's just holding the steering wheel a little bit. Right. But um, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if he doesn't get another shot at the head coaching spot. Like, I, I yeah, he, I don't know. He he might not get another shot. I mean, eventually, yeah. but he's not going to get another shot right. I mean, away. eventually, I bet. I don't think he'll get another shot without going to assistant coach yes. purgatory for like a little while. Um, because who? I mean, I don't know. He's failed out of two places, point, including one that had LeBron James for a year. Exactly. Exactly. And you're, there's just, there's no way he's too far removed now from that success in golden state. And anyway, even with that success, people were like, ah, it was Kirstie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so yeah, I think getting rid of Walton was a good call, but again, you've got to replace him with someone who's going to develop talent. And then you also have to get talent. Yeah. Well, this um, the, they're, they have uh, in Monty McNair and new, who I think was is a uh, uh, a Daryl Morey protege. He's pretty yep. new. He started the end of last uh, started before last season. So a lot of this isn't his baggage. 
Um, he's drafted well so far, I think. Uh, with not his, it's it's not his baggage lay. <laughs> nice, well done. Yeah, yeah, he has. He he's. I, I think I think he I think he might be the right guy. I think yeah. he might be the right guy. But we don't know. We don't know if he's good. I mean, he's, he drafted Halliburton and Davion Mitchell, who seems pretty good. But I mean, everybody knew mm-hmm. what Davion Mitchell was. So yeah, we'll kind of see from there. Um, and I guess if they were to rebuild. I mean, Halliburton is a very nice player. I don't know if he's the type. He's not that like a franchise cornerstone type guy. So I don't know if you, you might, yeah, you could probably rebuild while keeping some parts around. Fox is yeah, the big, and Fox I, is the big yeah. one to get traded if they're going to make a move. Yeah. And like we talked about before, I mean, it's, it's all about, um, you know, the right mix as you're rebuilding. You know, do you want to like, you want timelines to line up for these yeah. for this talent, but you also need people who can keep like keep some W's coming in, so right. you don't end up in this seventy sixers like like losing culture for four years. So even when you have a ton of talent, it's tough to to break out of it. I don't know. Sixers, um, it, it's well, hard. Yeah, I still <laughs> Sixers would have worked had they not brought in the Colangelo son to push out push out uh, Hinky. Yeah, they very, very well could have. Very well yeah. could have. With his burner account, uh, just with him and his wife with their burner accounts. Great stuff. Uh, yeah. All right. We uh, alluded to it a little earlier. Big Ten Championship this weekend, where the Iowa Hawkeyes, leaders of the Big Ten West, the Midwest West, up against the Midwest East, in the Michigan Wolverines, Iowa ranked somewhere between twelve and fifteen now, uh, ten and two. I think they're fifteen in the yeah. AP poll. What do you what do you what do you what do you think their chances are in this Big Ten game? And how into it are you? I'm very into it. I mean, I watched. Um, um, I haven't watched that many full games this season. I've watched a couple. Um, I did watch the all of the Nebraska game this past weekend, mm-hmm. um, and they were definitely the better team but they were still losing for most of the game and needed like a block punt for a touchdown and then you know a clutch fumble recovery and stuff to um to pull it out so that doesn't you know nebraska like loses every game um there i think there were three and eight but i think all eight of their losses were by a touchdown or less so they're okay they're you know hard luck kids um so i don't know like iowa has looked very very bad at times this year um and the thing about michigan though those big games it's uh it's gonna be tough i it's 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 awkward personally because my father-in-law is a big michigan fan Mm. um and so he's definitely gonna be pulling for michigan in a way, like I, like I feel like the Big Ten is going to be pulling for Michigan because I was not going to make the Final Four, right? If they win this, very unlikely. Um, Maybe they have like a one percent chance if, like, yeah, everything, a million other things bounce the right way. They probably yeah, exactly. They would exactly. probably need. They would need Cincinnati to lose their championship game. They would need Georgia to win, which is 
you know, about a 50-50 thing to knock Alabama out. And even then, Alabama with two losses would probably make it ahead of Iowa. Um, I know, which is, yeah. They would, I mean, Notre Dame, Notre Dame then would be in because they don't have a championship game. Yep. They would need... And Oklahoma State, um, if Oklahoma State wins... They're probably in. Then they're right there, too. Yeah, they, they would be in ahead of Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. really, Iowa is just trying to spoil it for Michigan and the rest of the Big Ten. Exactly, because that's that's a ton of money that yeah. comes in for getting that Final Four. So, Especially with Michigan, would, who's would, a very popular team nationally. Yeah. Yeah, so... I mean, for the Big Ten, it's definitely better if Michigan wins. Yeah. There's no question. And I, I don't have anything against Michigan. Like, they're, they're fine. I mean, I, I would definitely root for them under other circumstances. Yeah. Um, but this is going to be weird because I can't not root for Iowa. Like, that's, that, that's like my head is saying, ah, Michigan has a shot to actually win the, the title. Not that they could beat Georgia, but they have a shot to at least make the Final Four, maybe even make the championship game. And Iowa has no shot. Um, yeah, it sucks. And like I was saying earlier, like it's they've had so many, they've had better teams that didn't get this far. Iowa mm-hmm. has. And mm-hmm. so for this particular team to get to the Big Ten championship, I'm just like, oh Jesus. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't I, know. I, I think they could do it though. Like they've had they've shown flashes of brilliance this year and um, I think they opened it maybe 10 and a half or 11 point underdog, something like that. So I would take, I would take Iowa in the points. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's a good bet, but I, I think they can win. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it is, it is that, that is probably the biggest thing to ha- that needs to happen to like have a chaotic selection Sunday or a selection Sunday where no one yeah. knows who's going to be. Yeah, because if Michigan wins, then they're in, and Georgia's in, and um, Cincinnati's gonna win. They'll they'll be in, yeah. And then there'll be, I guess, then it would just be Oklahoma State versus two loss Alabama, um, yeah. and maybe and Notre, Dame. And Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. Like this this whole college football thing now with everyone jumping. Uh, all the, the coaches jump in yeah. right now before the end of the year. Like crazy with, with Notre Dame because that's a coveted job. And I mean, obviously, I'm guessing he's getting a lot more money from LSU. And LSU, I, I guess, is usually better than Notre Dame, even though Notre Dame's been pretty good. Uh, they don't have the, yeah, academic, I mean, it's a they better, don't have the it's academic a better requirements. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's probably what it is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's only so far like that. I think I think Kelly's probably a realist. He's like, there's only so far I can take this team with stringent academic requirements. <laughs> and if you go to LSU, like Louisiana is, um, you know, it's a hotbed of um, yeah. it's college football country. And yeah, it's so and he's going to make a ton of money. Um, I haven't seen the terms yet, but they have to come out because it's a state school. I think it was uh, 10 years, 95 million. 10 years is God. 
And the Lincoln Riley contract, I haven't seen, but I think, but they they don't have to release that because that's a private school. Well, he's going to Oklahoma, right? No, he's going to no, USC. Lincoln Riley. He's going from Oklahoma to USC. USC. Right. Yeah. Which is a private school. And USC would never do anything unscrupulous with money. I know. <laughs> oh, God. I love it because he, like, Lincoln Riley wins a bunch of Heismans and um, USC has to give back a bunch of Heismans. So it's really, uh, it's oh, a perfect yeah. fit. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. He could bring his Heisman prowess back to USC. Mm-hmm. Did they have to give up both? Did Reggie Bush and Matt Leinart both win Heismans? No, Leonard didn't win. Okay, so just um, Reggie Bush. They had to give up. They had to give up Bushes and I think um, OJ's. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so now I guess yeah maybe the, I don't know they must have another Heisman somewhere. They've got a few others. So there were Charles White. I don't. I forget who else. Mm-hmm. Um, they used to have some yeah. some real <laughs> talent. And yeah, good for Lincoln Riley. I mean. You know, Southern California. He got he's getting made a ton of money. He can just recruit in California alone and get enough players if he wants to do that. Um, yeah, it's uh, God. Wasn't USC one of the schools too with the recruiting um, with the the rich parents doing? Yeah, like yeah. The, the kids. Yeah, that's awesome. That's that's gonna be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh god what a mess what a mess at least kids are getting name and image and likeness stuff now um right. getting some money out of, out of this but god what a cesspool <laughs> yep i'm rooting for cincinnati bob huggins is still yeah? co- bob huggins is still coaching them right <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah he is yeah it was a guy who bent a couple rules in his day <laughs> I, I actually I think uh, Michigan versus Cincinnati would be a great first round semifinal matchup. Yeah, yeah, that would be that would be awesome. Um, I mean, maybe that's a, we don't we also don't know since he could just totally suck against Power Five teams. But I, I think they'll they'll put up a good good fight. I mean, they they've you know put together a run like like they Boise beat Notre State Dame. or whatever. Yeah. Right? Notre Dame. Um, granted, Notre Dame gets killed in the playoffs. Right. Anytime they make it. And also, um, not, but, uh, not a Power 5 team, technically. Not a Power 5 team. But I remember when Boise State, like, they were winning and not getting a shot at big bowls, and then finally they did, and they, like, beat Oklahoma, right? In, like, one of the most enjoyable bowl games ever. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, that was that was fantastic. Yeah, that was fantastic. Um, so, I, I, I was lucky enough to be watching, I mean, on TV, but it, like, be tuning in to watch that live. Yeah. I mean, they had the, they had the statue of Liberty. They had the, right. like the, the proposal on the field. The the proposal. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. It was, statue that was an all timer, but yeah, it was so awesome. God, I just, I was watching it. I just lost it. Yeah. That, that I don't think I'd out. ever before that seen a statue of Liberty play. It was, I always, just heard about it. Yeah. It was like this mythical like thing that people <laughs> mentioned as this trick play, but I don't know. Yeah. All right. Oh, man. Well, 
So yeah, so I don't know this weekend. We'll see, but I'm I'm definitely rooting. You know, yeah, rooting for go Iowa. Hawks. Go Hawkeyes. Go spoiling. Um. All right. Well, before we go, I guess uh, everybody, if you can get boosted, get boosted, right? Get boosted. I have not. Full disclosure: I've not yet been boosted. Mm-hmm. Um. I've like just I've been swamped, but uh, I'm gonna try and get it done this week. Sweet. So. Yeah. How about you? You're, you're boosted. I am. Right? I am boosted. Nice and flu and flu shot. I'm fluted, flu shotted. Fluted. Yeah. Flu shotted, boosted, vaxed, and to the max. All right. Well, you could follow me on all social media at Larry the Athlete, and you can subscribe to Larry Knows Sports wherever you get your podcasts. May all your dreams be hoop dreams, and may the rest of your days be days of thunder. Thank you